This is Ed Mazur, chairman of the City Club of Chicago. Our speaker today, an in-person appearance, by the way, to more than 200 people, was Israel Rocha, who is the head of the Cook County Health Systems Agency. He's head of that agency for the past 15 months. Mr. Rocha presented his vision of what Cook County health care would look like in the coming years. The hospital handled one million outpatient visits last year, and their emphasis is on access, cost, and quality of care and eliminating a tiered system of health care. Mr. Rocha said, healing the fractures in health care starts with a transformative movement that fundamentally changes the delivery and access to high-quality medicine for all. He announced the formation of the Change Institute of Cook County Health, which will seek to develop innovative, cohesive strategies to bridge gaps currently in treatment and prevention. He said the county's work will begin with four of the most prevalent causes of premature death in Cook County, cancer, diabetes, heart disease, and stroke. But the Change Institute of Cook County, he said, will address all iniquities from food and housing insecurity to maternal and child health care outcomes. He said this is just the beginning for a new chapter in the more than 185-year-old history of Cook County Health delivering care to everyone who needs it. Without further ado, it is my great pleasure to introduce the president of the Cook County Board of Commissioners, Tony Preckwinkle. All right. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm very grateful to be here. I want to thank Anne-Marie for that brief introduction. Thank you. (laughs) I want you to bear with me. I'm going to make up for that brief introduction in my remarks. Um, before Before I get started, though, I want to acknowledge again Commissioner Dennis Deer, who is chair of the Health Committee of the Cook County Board of Commissioners. Commissioner Donna Miller, who's also with us. Did I miss any other commissioners, Commissioner Deer? I think it's just the two of you. Okay, one more person I should acknowledge, and that's Joe Flanagan. Where did you go, Joe? There he is, Joe Flanagan. Joe Flanagan is uh, is chair of our Health and Hospital Foundation, has done great work in that capacity over the last several years, so we're grateful to you, Joe. Thank you. And I know we've got lots of staff people here, but in the interest of time, I will not um, introduce all of you. Please know that I appreciate your good work. So I'm going to talk just quickly about our health and hospital system and then introduce Israel. So we've been running a hospital system for 185 years, almost 200 years, 200 years. And we've always served anyone who come, who came to our door, anyone. Um, in our initial years, we served immigrants. In fact, among Cook County Health's first patients was a German girl with an abscessed hand and a Danish immigrant with cholera. 
Cook County Health is home to the first blood bank in the world, in the world, and the first comprehensive trauma unit in the entire country. And we're immensely proud of those discoveries even today. We treat so many victims of gunshot wounds, and our trauma unit is so well respected that we train medical units from the United States Navy to keep their skills fresh in the event of deployment. Thousands of hospitals around the country use the daily antiseptic cleaning of intensive care patients, which was pioneered at Cook County Hospital. Working with the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CCH pioneered the use of rapid HIV tests coupled with studies elsewhere and changed CDC's recommendations on HIV testing, leading ultimately to quicker treatment. And we still, of course, have the core center, which does amazing work treating HIV and AIDS patients. And while other public hospitals have shuttered their doors, Cook County is stronger than ever because we've adapted to the changes in the larger healthcare industry. Whether changes brought about by the Affordable Care Act or more recently by the pandemic, Cook County Health's mission is to serve the most vulnerable and requires us to be nimble enough to respond to the changing landscape and effective enough to stay the test of time. Cook County Health's contribution extends beyond the walls of our institutions, our clinics, deep into the communities we serve, where the most vulnerable people in our county rely on us. Our work has been recognized for generations. In fact, just yesterday, the Lowne Institute, a nonpartisan think tank, named Stroger Hospital the most racially inclusive hospital in Illinois and the fifth most racially inclusive hospital in our country. Again, this is something we're immensely proud of, but it reminds us that the health care that we provide isn't universal, either in the county or in the country. As president of the county board, I asked the independent governor, governing board of our Cook County health system to recruit a new leader who could build on the rich legacy of the health system and help us address generations of inequities that persist to this day. And while Israel has been here now for a grand total of 15 months, I'm pleased to introduce him to you today and for what I expect will be the first of many conversations with you around his vision for the health system now and in the future. So with that larger than customary, longer than customary, <laughs> Cook County Health kind of environment, um, let me talk about Israel himself. So he's a Texan by birth. We won't hold it against him. <laughs> he went to Columbia University for undergrad and has a master's degree in public administration from New York University. He came to our health and hospital system after serving as vice president for New York Health and Hospital Systems. He was CEO of Elmhurst and Queens Hospitals. New York Health is the largest public health system in the country. It has an annual budget of $8 billion, which is about twice ours. He served on the front line of the COVID-19 pandemic in New York, uh, and he brought that experience with him to Cook County. Actually, the last time I talked to him, he told me he had COVID twice before we, uh, before we had vaccines. He established himself as a hands-on leader who can motivate his team in the middle of a global health care crisis. He's been committed throughout his career 
to social justice and health equity, and he launched the Office of Equity and Inclusion at CCH in 2021 to bring together the disparate parts of the health system in a collaborative way to affect real change. He's also working to improve services and improve facilities at Provident Hospital, build centers of excellence in areas that disproportionately impact people of color, such as heart disease and diabetes, and continues to work to improve the quality of care delivered by Cook County Health. Please join me in thanking and welcoming our new Chief Executive Officer, Israel Rochin. Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you, Madam President, and good afternoon, City Club, and thank you for that warm welcome. I am so thrilled to finally be here with you in person. After the last two years, it's truly special to move past Zoom and team events that were done virtually and to celebrate as a community here in person as we should, breaking bread and greeting each other. Before I begin, I would like to take a moment to acknowledge and thank President Prebwickle, the Cook County Board of Commissioners, the Cook County Health Board of Directors, and the Cook County Health Foundation. A special thank you to those that are here today. Cook County Commissioner and Vice Chair of the Health System, Dennis Deere. We also have Cook County Commissioner Donna Miller. And with us from our uh, Cook County Health Board of Directors, we have Director Otis Story, Director Mike Ketting, Director Joe Harrington, Director Bob Ryder, Director Robert Curry, and former uh, Chair Hill Hammock, who's with us today. Hill is one of the first voices I talked to on my journey here to Chicago. Uh, and from the Cook County Health Foundation, Chair Joe Flanagan and board members Laura Montana, Bill Quinlan, Dr. Vishu Chandri, and former Foundation Chair Fred Labed. Thank you all so much. To all of you who lead and comprise our Cook County Health System and its affiliates, thank you for your hard work and for giving me the great honor of working to lead this historic health system and team. In that regard, I especially want to thank the generations of Cook County Health staff who for almost 200 years have fought to bring health care to people in need here at home and around the world through our alumni network that spans the globe where they heal and touch patients' lives every day. In recognition of Women's History Month, I also want to celebrate the female leaders from the Cook County Health Team that are here with me today. Team, please rise. Representative of the many men and women who are the heroes of our system, I thank you for the hard work that you do to help our patients and improve the lives of county residents. And to everyone, each and every one of you in the audience, the last two years have been an unprecedented challenge. Thank you for your support of our system and for doing your part by wearing your mask, keeping your distance, and most importantly, getting vaccinated so that together we could mitigate the disastrous impact of COVID-19 and reunite as we are here today. Today, I'm very excited to share about the exciting work that the Cook County Health System is doing and the journey that our organization will be undertaking in the days ahead. 
However, I realize that while I've had the pleasure of meeting a lot of you, and especially today, there are some of you that may not have had the opportunity to get to know each other because of COVID distance. So I'll share a little bit about myself before we get to the main course of today's address. I was born and raised in Texas. I come from a ranching family. My mother and many members of my family are educators. Education and service to others were critical elements that my parents drilled into me and my sister daily. Having worked for over 20 years in government, in the business sector, and healthcare organizations, my passion for advancing healthcare comes from watching those that I love and the communities that I serve grapple with the fact that they had limited access to healthcare, which often translated to avoidable morbidity and premature mortality. In today's modern world, that does not have to be our story. We can make change happen. Now, it is not lost on me that I have the honor and privilege of running one of the country's most storied health systems. Cook County Health, its rich history, its legacy, its research, and its teachings are well known across many healthcare organizations and the industry. After almost 200 years and its historic, in its historic impact, Cook County Health's reach may truly be immeasurable. Today, I am proud to say that our institution is more resilient than ever. Despite the ongoing pandemic, Cook County Health had a fiscally strong 2021, with our total operating revenue reaching a historic $3.4 billion and an overall financial performance that exceeded our budget targets. This past year, our health system performed almost 1 million outpatient visits, and we continue to expand our new services across our acute care service lines, our managed care operations, correctional health division, and public health department. When coming to Cook County Health, President Preckwinkle, Commissioner Deere, and then Board Chair Hill Hammock discussed the richness of our legacy and our organization's chief endeavor to provide universal access to the world's best medicine and comprehensive health services to all, no exception. We spoke about the many avenues that this aim could be achieved by and made sure that we were to focus on as much on prevention as we did on acute care. We also identified the need to advocate for policies at all levels and expand healthcare access, but to address in meaningful and measurable ways what is now part of everyone's vernacular, the social determinants of health. But today, I have a challenge for all of us. From the healthcare industry to the social service industry to the philanthropic community, let us consider changing this catchphrase when we are discussing individual patient care. The term social determinants of health was originally used to help our leaders in our healthcare community understand the impact of poverty, low literacy, homelessness, community and domestic violence, racism, language barriers, and so many other factors on healthcare outcomes at the macro level. Now, when applied at the micro level and extrapolated to an individual patient, we believe that that could be causing more harm than good. Let's take a closer look. When the word determinant is used to discuss an individual patient, that framework can disempower an individual's choice and reduce that patient's ability to see past their challenges. Further, it may lead to inventors and medical professionals to limit disease course treatments because of perceived limitations. As Cook County Health, we strongly believe that nothing is determined if we rise to the challenge and enact change. We believe that no zip code, race, ethnicity, or set of, set of socioeconomic challenges alone determine your health or your choices. We are in control. While the road may be filled with more bumps, it is not insurmountable. No socioeconomic factor alone has the power to dictate our future or take our life. We retain the power to together make anything happen.
At Cook County Health, we say difficult socioeconomic conditions are simply risk factors waiting to be disrupted. We do not allow anyone to accept that they are helpless and hopeless. Everyone has their own agency. And we are here to help all in need realize their goal of living their healthiest life. I know that in the audience we have heard before in speeches uh, that zip codes can determine your life expectancy. Likewise, that race and ethnicity can decrease your life expectancy by years, and in some sad cases, decades. In fact, across America, we often hear the story of two cities in one location. We know that in almost every American city, there is an affluent community that lives to be in their 90s. And a few miles away sits an impoverished community whose life expectancy is in the low 60s. But let's ask ourselves, why? How can we change that? Because sadly, we have not forged the progress we would like to see. Today, these inequities remain despite widespread knowledge about them. Research about heart disease, diabetes, stroke, disproportionately impacting minorities isn't new. And it shouldn't surprise us that minorities have worse cancer outcomes because they lack access to health screenings that others simply take for granted. Lack of access when coupled with long-standing medical bias against minorities and a history of mistrust allows us to see why certain neighborhoods must struggle to simply live. But we all label all of these things, when we label all of these things determinant and extrapolate that out to individuals, it is implied that it is predetermined. Almost a conclusion. And that's a situation we cannot allow to stand and we must disrupt. Now Cook County Health didn't get the national and international reputation for its mission, care, research, and teaching because it was just another institution. Equity has been at the core of our mission for nearly 200 years. Many public health systems around the country have closed because they weren't nimble or maybe because they operated hospitals or decided to have others take that position. Instead, here at Cook County and Cook County Health, we have continued to adapt knowing that we need public health in our healthcare landscape and our country and our county has evolved to meet the needs of the communities that we serve. There are any number of examples that date back decades from being on the forefront to cholera, tuberculosis, HIV and AIDS, to developing the first blood bank, to building the largest Medicaid managed care plan in Cook County where our Cook County health system has sought to be resilient. And most recently, our comprehensive response to the pandemic, Cook County Health labored to be there for our patients and the larger community. From the beginning, when the first COVID case was diagnosed, Cook County rushed to meet the needs of our community. Many people may not be aware, but it was the Cook County team who cares for the detainees at the Cook County Jail. Even before COVID, the care that we have provided at our jail has long been recognized as a national model. But when we needed our COVID response, the team led by Manny Estrada, our CERMAC Chief Operating Officer, and Dr. Connie Manala, our Chief Correctional Health, uh, our direct, I'm sorry, our Chair of Correctional Health, coupled with unparalleled collaboration with the Sheriff, got the attention of the Center for Disease Control and helped us create a model that set the national standard for congregate settings and was used as an example for jails and prisons and others to follow. And like previous infectious diseases, TB and HIV, what happens in the jail is a preview of what will happen in our larger community. Our correctional health team taught us a lot in those early days about controlling the pandemic and the need for multi-pronged responses. It wasn't enough to simply test or isolate or vaccinate, or wash your hands, or be socially distant, or wear a mask. It was a strategy of all these three coming together in a fusion that CIRMAC was, was able to show us to pave a way forward by following the science.
And what they saw in the early days of the pandemic mirrored what President Perkwinkle has always told us. The jail is at the crossroad of racism and poverty. Comprised of predominantly black and brown men who can't afford bail, we saw the same disproportion of those who were impacted by COVID. Minority patients, young and old, with chronic disease and comorbidities from zip codes plagued by gun violence, lack of opportunity, are the ones that suffered most. Dr. Manella, who recently retired after 30 years of service, would always tell us on the calls... would always tell us on the calls, Suramax serves as a microcosm of the larger community and is the canary in the coal mine, who lets us know of what is to come. I arrived at Cook County Health on December 2020. In the middle of the second surge, I departed New York for Chicago after helping Elmhurst and Queens Hospital respond to the first surge of COVID and is one of the first hospitals in the nation to confront COVID-19, helped educate our leaders about the deadly impact of COVID and shared information with other facilities about successful treatments so that we could prepare for the days ahead as a nation. That experience forever changed me. Looking back at COVID-19 and the, and the pandemic and where we are today, we are already starting to forget what it was like at the beginning. At the start of the pandemic, our tools, our technology, our medical regimens left us in need for more. Hospitals and providers around the world struggled with an invisible enemy that technology and medicine had not found a way to circumvent. In the beginning, in the face of incredible challenges, I can say without reservation that it was our humanity that kept us going. Our unrelenting resolve that our hospitals would not fail. We would be here for our community, no matter what came. When we struggled to confront patients, it was care providers who pioneered new uses for technologies to bring grieving families together. Through sheer will and our and through sheer will and a design of a brigade of ventilators and medications from pandemic past, we try to keep pace to help the patients before us. It was our humanity, not our technology, that got us through those darkest moments. It was our collective global citizenry's hope that kept us going till our technology caught up with our humanity. In this moment, the world over, I can say that we were one. And then came December 11, 2020. That was one of my first days on the job at Cook County Health, and it was a proud day because we got to administer our first vaccine to Tracy, an emergency room nurse who had been at the forefront of the pandemic. Tracy and her colleagues, from the doctors to the technicians to the environmental service teams and everyone in between, worked day and night on complete overdrive. They, like healthcare teams across America, adopted from the beginning and began to prepare for what was shaping up to be a long road ahead. Staff were physically and emotionally exhausted. The responsibility of this pandemic was extreme and forced them to perform in ways that no training could have ever prepared them for. But that day was different. When the first vaccines were being administered, there was a palpable sense of relief. Even behind the mask, you could see the smiles of their eyes. There was high fives and fist bumps, laughing, sounds we had not heard in such a while. And there was such a sense of hope. I remember walking over to Tracy after receiving her first dose and asking how you feel, expecting to hear about did her arm hurt or what happened. And what she said next would stay with me forever. She said, I made it. I survived. That moment I will never forget. It was from this point forward that I knew as an organization we needed to give every citizen that sense of relief and survival.
As we rolled out more vaccines to our healthcare workers, we adopted the needs of our community. We knew that we needed to help everyone as quickly as possible, as we knew time was exposure. To address this need, Cook County Government, Cook County Health, and the Cook County Department of Public Health partnered with the state and the Illinois National Guard to open some of the first mass vaccination centers anywhere in the country across our county. These life-saving sites were not just for our patients, but for all in need. With a successful model in hand, we challenged the Cook County Health Team to administer one million vaccines. It was an ambitious goal. Um, honestly, we didn't know we could do it. But the result and the number of lives that would be saved would be immeasurable. In addition to our mass sites, with our leadership and guidance from our public health department and clinical teams at Cook County Health, we developed a hyper-local strategy that also focused on vulnerable communities to ensure that while we say no one left, is left behind, we would make sure that no one was left behind. We understood from previous health experiences that not everyone would be ready to trust a new vaccine at the onset. As an organization, we remain committed to providing the vaccine to all who want it when they are ready. We work to develop a public education campaign to address vaccine hesitancy and answer questions from our community, and that work continues today. At the same time, we were developing our vaccine strategy. We had to prepare for more surges. To be ready, the Cook County Health Team secured more PPE, developed testing programs, vaccinations, and treatment processes, refined our care protocols, and got our non-COVID patients back into care. I share this because we are immensely proud that we are on the cusp of any day now giving our one million dose of vaccine. But to also share the far-reaching impact the Cook County Health Team and the Cook County Government has had on our community. We are nimble, we can be agile, and we can develop and execute comprehensive and effective responses that change the course of disease. Which leads me to the news of today. If we can respond to a global pandemic as a collective community in this unprecedented manner, if we could go from no solution, no medicine, to leaning on ventilators, to pioneering a life-saving vaccination in under 13 months, why not apply those same principles to the things like diabetes, heart disease, stroke, and cancer? We do not use the term pandemic to classify these diseases that have been ravishing some of the same communities that COVID did, but maybe we should. This approach is the same. Attack the problem with a multi-pronged comprehensive plan that seeks to prevent disease, manage and treat conditions at the earliest possible stage, prevent serious illness and premature death by having every tool, every advancement, and every opportunity in our arsenal deployed. And it's what we need to make available to all. I truly believe that together we can do this. We can declare diabetes, heart disease, stroke, cancer, their own pandemics or public health emergencies. After all, in 2020, let's look at the facts. Nearly 11,000 people died prematurely from heart disease, 9,000 from cancer, 2,700 from stroke, and 1,500 from diabetes. That's 24,000 friends, families, neighbors, and coworkers who lost someone they loved because our systems may have not gotten what they needed to these individual patients, such as securing them with health care access in an equitable manner. They may not have had access to medical care early enough or lacked access to medication or were unable to secure advanced therapies and surgical interventions that save lives. The missing care elements deemed unattainable are some of the things that we must now expect for everyone and demand occur in our own care journeys and those of everyone around us.
Let us examine these statistics closer, starting with cancer. Consistent with having the highest incidence of prostate cancer, black men also have the highest rate of prostate cancer deaths, more than twice as high as the rates of all of the groups. Hispanic men and women are almost twice as likely to have and to die from liver cancer as non-Hispanic whites. Hispanic women are 40% more likely to be diagnosed with cervical cancer and 30% more likely to die from cervical cancer as compared with non-Hispanic white women. Moving on to diabetes, in 2017, the total cost for diagnosed diabetes in the United States was $327 billion, a third of a trillion dollars. Take a moment and think about that. $327 billion to treat a disease that we know is both preventable and manageable if caught early. In 2019, 37 million Americans, or 11% of the population, had diabetes. In 2017, we know that black men and women were nearly two and a half times more likely to be hospitalized for lower limb amputations related to uncontrolled diabetic complications than non-Hispanic whites. You can imagine where the data goes from here. With heart disease and stroke, but just to review a quick statistics, in 2018, African Americans were 30% more likely to die from heart disease than non-Hispanic whites. African American women are nearly 60% more likely to have high blood pressure compared to non-Hispanic white women. And of African American women ages 20 and older, 50% have heart disease. And a quick look at stroke. Black men are 70% more likely to die from a stroke compared to non-Hispanic whites. So let's bring this conversation back to COVID. Since the beginning of the pandemic, we have lost nearly 15,000 Cook County residents to COVID, mainly because they had underlying medical conditions like hypertension and diabetes that put them at greater risk for death. There has never been a louder call for this change to stop this inequity than this moment. We must act. From creating new access to primary and specialty care to improving access to diagnostics, therapeutics, and advanced interventions, the time is now. Hearing that call, in 2021, Cook County Health began offering a new intervention known as TAVR, transcatheter aortic valve replacement. TAVRs are a minimally evasive heart procedure that saves lives by giving patients 5, 10, or 20 years of extended life. That 30-year difference between the communities that have or don't can be completely changed if this becomes a standard. TAVRs are the standard of care in large hospitals and academic medical centers, but they are less common in safety net and public health institutions. Our goal is to ensure that all patients, including those that have been historically minor, marginalized, have access to this procedure. This single action is proof that we can make change happen because it's already happening. We did it, but we need more of it. We must, we must end the delivery of healthcare through a two-tiered system. We must be bold and courageous in our pursuit to overcome obstacles others have said were insurmountable. The dream of universal access to the most advanced and equitable care that is imaginable and available is everyone's human right. Therefore, to help make this happen, I'm proud to announce the creation of the Change Institute at Cook County Health. This audacious organization is a think tank that will be able to make sure that the impossible becomes possible. To tackle long-standing inequities by developing comprehensive solutions that will disrupt and hold social risk factors at bay for our community and our patients. Now, let me be clear. 
We know that as healthcare providers alone, we cannot resolve the underlying factors of poverty, racism, and literacy. But we can stop them from leading to premature disease and death. The Change Institute will seek to innovate, partner, and borrow from other industries, and we will not rest until progress is achieved. Just like COVID, it will require an all-hands-deck approach within and beyond our system. It will take time and investment from resources and from all willing partners. It will take passion and steadfast commitment to rethink how we eat, how we live, and most importantly, how we heal. But given that we know what the toll of inaction is, we cannot let this stand. We must take this moment as a call to duty to act, all of us together. You may be wondering why Cook County Health is starting this movement today. Blacks and Hispanics represent more than 65% of our patient population. Additionally, regardless of insurance coverage, Black and Hispanics are one and a half times more likely to be treated in a safety net urban hospital and receive their care from a hospital instead of a primary care provider. That means that if this changes to happen, it must start with us. We must be the change that we want to see in the world. We all know that this will not be easy. We know that this will be hard. We know there will be many questions. But we stand here prepared to labor to succeed. While today is simply our introduction of this institute, in the days ahead we will continue this conversation and detail bold new strategies. We will seek to implement innovative programs, especially in the fields of cardiovascular medicine, neurosciences, oncology, and endocrinology. We will be making some announcements soon in the coming weeks and months about our work to expand mental health services and improve maternal child health outcomes, which we know disproportionately impact Black and Hispanics. We will work with others by convening and partnering. We will share our data and use science to guide our efforts. And we will have conversations, some which we know may be uncomfortable but to level set the problems, make the breakthrough we need, and design the solutions ahead, we know that we can do it and those conversations must be had. We don't have all the answers, but we know that we have inequities. We know that they must be addressed, and we know that if we bring the same sense of urgency, we can make that change happen. But we cannot do this alone. We need more people at the table. We need each of you to help us to move the proverbial mountain that stands in the way of good health for everyone. We need you to join us in this endeavor and once and for all make healthcare, make the words healthcare is a human right a reality. For a moment, I'm asking you to please take a moment to watch this video about the Change Institute and what it means for us. It's time to start a crucial conversation about everyone's fundamental right to high quality healthcare. The coronavirus pandemic pushed our nation's health system to the brink and overwhelmingly impacted low-income communities and people of color. Never before have the generations of inequities in healthcare been more obvious. For 185 years, Cook County Health's mission has centered on health equity. But COVID taught us even we could do more. We opened COVID units, testing tents, and mass vaccination clinics to ensure that our most at-risk populations had the information and access they needed, we built a comprehensive response that included public education, phone calls, door knocking, home vaccines, and pop-up clinics. And now we are standing up test-to-treat programs to provide our patients with access to life-saving medications. COVID has fundamentally changed how healthcare thinks and acts. 
There's a lot of buzz about social determinants of health, but that phrase is disempowering at its core. It creates an automatic otherness. It suggests someone is predetermined to be less healthy because of their zip code, race, or gender. But what if we flip the script? What if we bring equity into practice? What if we work together to address those social risk factors and provide precision medicine for all? Introducing the Change Institute of Cook County Health. Our vision for the Change Institute is to be a beacon of hope, a leader and convener for the development of innovative, cohesive strategies that will bridge gaps in treatment and prevention for all. Our work will begin with four of the most prevalent causes of premature death in Cook County, cancer, diabetes, heart disease, and stroke. But our work will not stop there. The Change Institute of Cook County Health will bring integrated solutions to inequities like food and housing insecurity, maternal health outcomes, and more. It will be a think-and-do tank, identifying actionable steps that deliver immediate impact and improve health outcomes for generations to come. This is a bold and audacious initiative that will require new thinking, new collaborations, new strategies, and yes, even some uncomfortable conversations. If we do this right, the Change Institute of Cook County Health will improve the health of all residents of Cook County for generations to come. We hope you'll join us on this journey. Thank you. So now ask, so what can you do to help us? To the business community, we know that our employees are our most precious resources. To the health of our employees, the health of our business, and the health of our customers are one and the same. Therefore, to bring an end to the impact of preventable illness and lost productivity, we ask you to join the Change Institute and to help all your employees and all your customers ensure the success of your business by making sure that everyone has access to a healthier life. Elected officials in Cook County and throughout Illinois followed the data, understood the science, and used their platforms to share information and educate constituents about COVID. We want to work together to confront heart disease, diabetes, stroke, and cancer the same way. The start always is, the beginning always starts with having the information that you need before you. Community-based organizations and religious congregations have been essential throughout the pandemic in reaching out to their constituents who trust them. We need you at this table. We need you at the Change Institute to help us understand the issues that your communities face, but most importantly, to bring your elements of trust to the conversation, because if we're going to engage and change healthcare, it starts with trust, a conversation, and working in the communities where they are to ensure that our care in the future and its design provides for care and interventions in the right time, the right place, and the right manner. Thanks to the philanthropic community for pushing us and for funding us to do more. We need you to continue to challenge us, to think in new ways, to work together, to own our own outcomes. Your efforts in important areas of social justice, healthcare, food and housing and security have given us the room to test and prove hypothesis. And now is the time to have that broader impact together. The media has been an invaluable asset to the public during this pandemic. 
Our market research informs that the media remained one of the sources that people turned consistently to to get information about the pandemic. You told powerful stories and worked to dispel misinformation. Let's work together to create more content that will help people get engaged in their care and their ability to save their life. This is what we should be doing always. We promise to make those stories interesting, innovative, and helpful to everyone who sees them so that together we can save more lives. To academia and my colleagues in the healthcare industry, let's partner together and share information and resources. We all have access to data warehouses and most importantly, first-hand knowledge of what is putting people at risk and causing disease to spread. We need our patients, our doctors, our nurses, our researchers, the entire healthcare industry at the table collaborating, working with one another to make change happen. And speaking of tables... To each of you today, before you leave, you will find some cards in front of you. We ask you to please consider signing the pledge card that you will stand with us in standing for change and making the idea and goal that healthcare is a human right a reality today. Be that action, that catalyst that a patient is somewhere waiting for you to take to help us right wrongs and to make this possible. The change we are working to achieve is the change the way to sorry the change we are working to achieve is the change on the way that we approach healthcare to change the way that we think about social risk factors to change the outcomes of our communities to change lives and know that we can save them always to change families by ensuring that no one has to be left without a loved one because it was preventable but we did nothing the Change Institute isn't about Cook County Health. It's about the health of Cook County. I ask that you join us in this endeavor. We know that it is uh, controversial in its own ways. It's difficult. It will be filled with many challenges. But I know that together we won't fail because COVID taught us that when we are united, we can accomplish anything. Thank you for all your help and look forward to your support. Thank you for that that talk, Israel. We have a few questions. I think we have just time for a few questions. Um, <clears throat> first, just a, a little shout out to Walgreens, uh, which is here today, instrumental in the pandemic. Thank you. And uh, also would like to acknowledge... Uh, an unsung uh, bureau um, of Cook County government, uh, which is, does a lot of work behind the scenes. The Bureau of Asset Management is here today. So thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, we have a question from Commissioner Dennis Deer, um, Cook County Board. What is the greatest challenge facing health care in Cook County writ large, in particular with underserved communities? Thank you. I would say that I think a little bit about what we talked about today. The idea that we can't, that we cannot change things, that certain things are accepted. And I think that if we're going to make the change that we need, if we're going to create uh, new opportunities for health, we have to start and write new stories for what is there. We have the medicines. We have the technology. But I always say there's an interesting thing when we talk about the tale of two cities, and we talk about it as if we almost don't know the ending of the story. The same 25 conditions that take people prematurely from us are the same conditions that have been almost the same for the last 25 years. But we worry about solving 
everything. It's like trying to shoot a freight train with a BB gun. We know where we can go in and make a difference, and we need to make that happen. When you look at those communities that are separated by 30 years, when you look at things like Tavers, the communities that live 90, they they light up like a Christmas tree on the number of people who've had Tavers. When you look at those communities that didn't uh, have the opportunity to have them, those are the communities that are dying in their 60s. One procedure that could already touch those lives and make a difference, because we know that it extends their life 10, 20 years, and we know that they're not getting that access. Those are the conversations that we need to have. We need to know that it's possible, and we need to labor to make it happen. All right. Um, From Ben Clems of Citigroup. How do you work with other healthcare providers and healthcare systems in the region, and is there anything that you would like to see improve in, in regards to that? You know, I say we have a wonderful partnership. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. Thank you. I would say that we have a wonderful partnership. During COVID, our public health department uh, worked with all our providers across suburban Cook County to make sure that the vaccine was something that was given and, and shared with everyone. Our hospital, our health system, we constantly work with each other because, unfortunately, we don't have the number of specialists and doctors and teams that we need to treat everyone. We have to collaborate. We have to partner. We did some great things this year, like being able to make sure that our pediatrics program was advanced by entering into a partnership with the University of Illinois and being able to leverage each other's specialty care to make sure that children weren't left behind and we could continue to have our pediatric services. And we do that with countless hospitals. I think we work together as an industry. I think, though, what we're asking today is that that conversation continues and we look at different ways uh, and that we have a safe space. We all know that when we enter the conversation, we have a, a, a duty to make sure that we can operate financially. But we have to make a safe space where we can leave that duty kind of to the side temporarily and say, what can we do collectively to advance the work ahead of us. And I think that's what we're looking to do. But we partner very well, and uh, I'm very thankful for our partners across Illinois. All right. This question comes from Dan Short of Cisco Systems. Uh, We often hear the term in any industry, really, technology and cybersecurity must be part of every project, um, considering from the beginning phases. Is this true for county health, and how do you approach technology and cybersecurity? Oh, you know, there's an interesting story, and we'll definitely say uh, a sign of the times that we live in. And I see Director Ketting, who always asks us this question on our board meetings about what we're doing to protect our, our systems from cybersecurity. Personal health information is a very valuable target. We are subject to cybersecurity like anyone else, and we have very advanced uh, technologies to safeguard that information, both through the federal government as well as the design of our health systems. It is something that we must constantly work to do. Uh, We have our CIO with us, Angelo Banyan, who makes sure that her and her mighty team of individuals are always working continually 24-7 to safeguard information. It is It is absolutely essential that we maintain that privacy and that protection. We work to have it. We've invested in it, and it's part of the work that we do ahead. All right. Let's do a couple more here. Uh, Paul Alt from Alt Architecture Research Associates. Um, How does uh, county health address burnout and trauma? So we'll uh, separate those two questions a little bit. Uh, So 
for our, our, our staff burnout, we are working uh, most recently, I was very proud to bring on board a chief experience officer whose job is to make sure that we look at the experience of our staff, our team, our patients, and what it means to go through Cook County Health, not as a patient, but as a consumer. And what could we do to make you feel safe and comforted? And the same thing for our staff. They do both. They work with our team. They look at things of how we can do things to be better. And I would say that what we're constantly looking at is how we can give people avenues for growth in our organization. We want to make sure that we have safe spaces. We do things like Schwartz rounds, for some of you that are familiar. When something deviates from the healthcare standards, we create safe spaces where people can come and talk about them so that we can make sure that people always have the opportunities to report. We make sure that we have opportunities for staff to escalate and elevate issues. But most importantly, we also ask them about what we can do, how to build a better organization. Our chief strategy officer most recently had a series with employees where we asked them that we were getting ready to set our new strategy for the organization. What would they like to see and what could we do? So I think it's multifactorial. It's what we do, and I would say this and foremost, I don't want to say that we've solved the issue. We need to do better and we need to invest better and there's a lot of work ahead. But our strategy centers around making sure that they're heard, making sure that they feel supported, that we have room for growth and that we work together on trauma. We know at Strozier and Provident, we have a greater percentage of individuals who have traumatic events happen to them. We're a level one trauma center. Working with our public health department and our trauma team, we have a specialty division of providers who work to look at trauma-informed care, who work not only on the patient, but those around them and what services we can bring to help mitigate any adverse events that can happen. Because while we may serve the patient on the bed that needs our immediate attention, we also want to serve the family who is outside of those walls. And so I credit our trauma team, our department, our physicians, and our team for bringing that expanse into reality and making sure that there are social workers, providers, and counselors to help a family through their time of need. Thank you for that. We have one more. Um, this comes from Cyrus Winnett of Illinois Primary Healthcare Association. How has COVID-19 changed your vision, policy, or practice for the county's public health system? You know, I, I think what it has done is, is what we're talking about here today. It let us know that when you go through something, I think it's very hard for anyone to say you come out of it unchanged. And I think that COVID, even though it had very difficult circumstances and we lost a lot of our loved ones um, and we lost family members, friends and colleagues, what we can do to honor them is to make sure that we do better. And I think that what COVID reminded us is that this is an opportunity for us to realize that when we concentrate as a country, as a global society, we can make things happen. It would have been unheard of to say that a disease which we didn't know was going to hit us, no drugs were going to work, and then in 12 months we would have a vaccination and we would be sitting here again celebrating as we are. That is change, but we can't let it go because unfortunately we have many other silent conditions. So what it did for us was to remind us that we can be great when we work together and we want to keep that energy going. Um, and we want to work with our partners to help us take care of our, our patients, all of them in need. Um, but we want to also make sure that we keep the conversation going because the success was everyone's success. Thank you.